<laughs> so that's so that's cool. Uh oh. How is that now? I can hear you. (laughs) Well, uh, welcome, folks, to Bald Leadership again. Um, Colin Pooler here with Cavis Reed. And uh, Cavis, we're getting rolling. I got to tell you, you know, know, my wife and I moved out of our house to let some renovations happen. So we're still out of our house. Not in the regular room that I would normally use if we were at home. And... uh, um, I'm, I'm pretty much in a senior's care home right now, for, for lack of a better way to describe it. <laughs> we, we moved into a, a, it's a beautiful apartment building. Um, we, you know, we're here for four, for just a few months. It's a beautiful place. It's, it's a, it's a very modern building. Everything is just top notch. Um, there are a lot of retired folks that happen to live in this building. And uh, I think I told you every Tuesday afternoon when we get home, they have like cake and coffee in the lobby area from like, I think it's like 3.30 to, to about 5.30. And it's it, it got wonderful people. There's a lot of walkers. Like, so, oh. uh, man. I mean, I just had a birthday, and now I'm feeling like I've just moved into a, I've just moved into a home. So this is what it's like. <laughs> so you feel comfortable there. So, in other words, those renovations might be for naught because you feel comfortable at place, home. But I mean, and this place is, we've got scooters, we got walkers, but everyone's watching your car for you. Like, I mean, they're all looking out for each other. So it's, they're, they're really good. They're really good. <laughs> so I, I won't say anything to the people listening, but you're not close to that age yet, but you're, you're sneaking up on that age. In time, my friend, you just, you just stay, you just stay consistent. You'll get there too. It's, it's not like I'm that much older than you. I, you, you got to remember, I'm only a couple yeah, of us behind I mean, you. So, and, and you know what? I checked. They got they got some they got some more sweets here. I mean, they're they're great sweets. <laughs> maybe maybe we can record from right next door. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Imagine the wisdom that we could pull into the oh, podcast. Some of these old dudes are just come out from out of you. If, if not that, we'll, we'll we'll stop down at the NW and. Uh, Pick up a few. Like, probably half of those guys live here, so that's that's all I can tell you. Well, <laughs> well I, all I want to know, Colin, is what's the music du jour? It's like Lawrence Wells or something like that. <laughs> I I told you I came home and I kind of like you know hip hoppy kind of style. Of, there's lots of bass to it. And I had my I had my sunroof open. And I'm playing it a little bit loud. You know, I have my little key fob thing, and I, I kind of wave it in front of this this the stand, and then the, the big garage door opens, and you pull in. And there's a lady right behind me. And so I pull into my parking spot, and she pulls into hers, and, and my car is loud. Like, I mean, the stereo is loud. And I shut off the engine and uh, turn off the stereo to go to get out. And I can hear her. She's about six car lengths down. And... And it's like Lawrence, it's a like big band, Lawrence Wolf music. Like as loud as you can get it. It's that <laughs> <laughs> the bass the bass dumping. 
The only thing I want to know, Colin, is <laughs> was did she did she did she have a spoiler kit on the car? <laughs> Well, not really. It's one of those scooter attachments that you put onto your, you know, you put it on, on kind of went, instead of having a trailer hitch, you just kind of push one of these things in there and then you could put your scooter on it. <laughs> hey, hey, she wanted you to know <laughs> your base is not comparable to her base. <laughs> she, she, had to teach us, she had to teach you young folks. <laughs> But she is the and nicest. your game is as strong as hers, yeah, right? She is, she is the nicest lady. They were nice, nice people. So so don't get me wrong. Great people. Uh, I'm actually really enjoying them. So, uh, but, uh, but I'll leave it from there because I don't want to make it. I, I, don't, this will not, I do not want this to be a permanent location for us. So we'll, we'll be more than happy to move back in at home. But for now, it's very comfortable. It's very <laughs> comfortable. So, so before we go on, I got a question, a follow-up question. Have you put a, a toll on your porta potty that's outside your house getting renovated yet? <laughs> well, I haven't, but I use it every time I visit. Every time I every time I go there to just check to see how the contractors are doing, I make sure I use that thing. Listen, I paid for it. You're gonna get <laughs> I'm your gonna money get every dime out of it. And and if some kids walking home late at night and they need a place to go, hey, I'm just helping the neighborhood out. I'm just... I'm very community-minded. You know that. <laughs> You're always thinking about that. That's right. That's right. I, I, care, I care deeply about my community. I want to make sure everyone's all right and make just feel comfortable on their way home. Just, to, you know. <laughs> a little side public porta potty well you know some people have these stands in front of their house where you can exchange books right you just go in it's like a little library but it's right in front of the house i have a porta potty yeah big deal <laughs> hey but i think yours is more valuable i think honestly especially during the summertime we're drinking lots Going for walks. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> you know, there are certain times where at our especially, age. Especially. Yeah. You know, you got it a little more frequently. But, you know, the, the person who has the book, that little <laughs> stand where you get the books, they're just down the street from me. So you can grab a book, come on over. You got a port of, you got a, you got a nice <laughs> private place to, to just kind of sit down and relax. <laughs> now, now you're going to have to put a time on in your port potty <laughs> Hey man, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little change thing in there. You just gotta keep putting in the coins, or you can just swipe or tap, right? Swipe or tap. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make me some money. Your five minutes is up. <laughs> yeah, I gotta I gotta pay for these rentals somehow. Anyhow, oh, how, how is it that we stay completely off topic? <laughs> I think it's the it's hairstyle. I, I really think it's the hairstyle. They, 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 they say bald is a sign of wisdom. I don't know about that one. It's not a song, but I don't think it's wisdom. I don't think it's wisdom. <laughs> so, so, hey, you you uh, you wanted to talk about something that 
the other day you, you talked about fatigue and the and the, the fatigue leader, and I thought you know that'd be a really cool conversation for us to have because I don't think we can even capture one conversation. I mean, there's because there's a lot to it, and um, and I'm kind of interested to know kind of what what you're thinking and why to start off with. And because uh, I think I've experienced periods where I've been fatigued and it's more than just coming home and be tired one day and, you know, you get a good night's sleep and you're up and you're ready to go again. It's, it's something that's, you know, become very chronic. And uh, so I'm kind of interested in what you, you know, what you're thinking and maybe a bit of your experience of it too and what the consequences of all this are when you talk about a fatigue leader. Yeah. You know, we started this whole podcast about effective leadership and want to take it in a direction from experiential to the academic to things that are actually practical. And when I start observing this leadership thing, I wanted to look at not only what makes a very effective leader, but what doesn't and how can we compromise it and even more so in today's society with all the pressures that leaders have because you have so much access to information and you have so many people that can get to you immediately. Uh, where do you, you lose the creativity? Where do you lose the ability to uh, problem solve? Where do you lose the, the ability to really relate to the people that are under your, your leadership? And fatigue is one of those those uh, 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 results. Uh, fatigue mentally, emotionally, and physically, to me, makes a leader less effective. Um, as some of the things that you uh, shared with me in your readings, like chronic fatigue can create more anger, can create more self-criticism, can create more negativity and irritability. We've been, all been around those people. And sometimes we go, okay, I don't want to be around this individual because they're not nice at this particular time. So I wanted to dive deeply with you, more deeply with you on this topic that I think harms a lot of leaders. You know, I, I think you know, you've, you've hit probably one of the most uh, critical leadership issues that we're facing right now, not just for current leaders, but up and coming leaders. You've probably heard me say, uh, just just a general comment that one of the top skill sets that people are going to need in the future, particularly if they're considering leadership, is their ability to manage the pressure. And, um, and because those kinds of things do create fatigue if not dealt with properly. So it's not that you don't experience the, the, the pressure at the moment, but how do you manage it? And somebody who's going to have challenges with that, and I and I say it personally, I've had challenges with this. Um, you could quickly lose your perspective. Uh, you could, could quickly begin to self-sabotage. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen that. So you talk about the self-criticism, but sometimes you get to the point where you're right. People don't want to work with you. <laughs> Uh, you lose focus, your, your yeah. inability to uh, to be effective with other people, and to, to lead people through what are sometimes very critical times in an organization. It doesn't matter the size of the organization. It's 
as soon as you've got a couple people, it's just your ability to navigate through problems that normally you would have been able to. And uh, and this isn't a new thing. We're talking about it much more now because we, we spend more time now thinking about mental fitness, mental wellness, um, psych- psychological health. And I think we're just far more aware that this is a, a real thing. Um, but the topic goes back to, you know, I've seen topics, uh, I've seen this topic come up as, as you know, articles written in the late 1990s. Um, and it's something that's, they didn't, even then they didn't see it was a new phenomenon, but we're becoming more aware of it. We're seeing the impact of it. And uh, I think it's accelerating because of the reasons that you've talked about social media. Uh, we could, we're, we're constantly connected. Uh, there's a heavier emphasis on being super self-reliant and wanting to present ourselves as self-reliant and invincible and um, uh, unable to necessarily even show that we're vulnerable. And those things over time uh, cause us to to deteriorate. Um, There's things around the pandemic where leaders have been pushing their companies through, leading their organizations through a really critical time and expending large amounts of energy without necessarily even refilling their own energy pools. And now that they've kind of, what, you know, their minds maybe come out on the other side, are now saying, you know, I don't know if I could do this anymore. Like literally, I can't do this job anymore. Yeah. And I uh, want to be accurate in my citations, a book written, uh, do less, achieve more. And out of this very small book was a, a wealth of knowledge on leadership skills and leadership effectiveness. One of the things I gleaned from that book, uh, Colin, is that, and I'm, forgive me again for always relating it to sports, but if a team is not performing well, the pressures from the outside most stakeholders start to build up. And coaches automatically used to believe and still mostly believe, I got to work longer. I got to stay in the office longer. I got to show that I'm problem solving by being here longer. How many coaches say, oh, I get to the office. It's a badge of honor to say I get to the office at 3 o'clock in the morning. I leave at 11 o'clock and I drink 15 cups of extra espresso, et cetera, et cetera. And I watched those coaches, and I used to say, you're guarding your desk. And you're not effective when you're guarding your desk. You're not problem solving. You're trying to essentially justify your existence. You're not going to put us in a better position as an organization, as a team, when you're fatigued. Go home. Get some rest. Don't worry about what they're going to write about you if they see you taking your car home at 5 o'clock in the afternoon versus staying here until 9 o'clock. We need your creativity. We need your energy. Because when you walk into a meeting room and you stand in front of an audience, the audience at this particular case being players, they see you low energy, you automatically set the tone for that room. So you're not effective going home at 3 o'clock, coming back at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning. Rest. Recharge, re-energize. Don't succumb to the pressure of justification 
succumb to the pressures of trying to be effective and being creative. You know, that very thing about being restful, right, and, and, and working, working hard and being rested is, is, a, is a, you know, I know what it's like to not sleep for several days in a row. I know you've been in this spot too, where you've, you're, you're not sleeping, you're working, and the breakthroughs aren't coming because, like I said, the creativity has gone. When you've seen coaches do that, what, what's been the what's been the end result of, of something like that? Like, what are some of the effects and consequences of this? The basic things that are obvious are not obvious, and <clears throat> this may this may come to I seldom see coaches fatigued work their way out of a losing situation. Seldom see it. The team tend to continually underperform. Even if you quick charge and you're able to get through a day, when you find yourself in moments where you have to make strategic adjustments quickly, the inability to do it is there. You're, you, you've, you've run into that wall. And then when you watch the film and you go, why didn't you make this obvious change? either rhetorically or in person saying it, why weren't you able to see the obvious and make one minor change that could have affected the outcome? And in, in other businesses, that could have affected the bottom line. And it's always the Monday morning quarterbacks that makes the comment on something that, why did that person do that? And you yourself sometimes are saying, man, why did I do that? Well, because I went home at 3 o'clock in the morning, I tried to come back at 7 o'clock. On game day, I tried to sleep in for about eight hours, thinking that's going to be good enough for me to get through. But the body, mind, and emotions aren't on quick recharge. You need to let that battery fully recharge. Isn't there a pressure, Isn't there a pressure on, on leaders to do that? Like, is, is there not like an unwritten expectation that people have that kind of paints you into a corner like that sometimes? Absolutely. And I've seen some of the most successful coaches. They're golfing by 5 o'clock, and they come to practice. They're recharged or refreshed. Some of the most successful have that balance and that ability to keep their battery charged. And then the words you use about them are they're creative. They're, man, they're great in-game strategists, et cetera, et cetera, because they have that lucidity that allows them to be able to adapt more change direction when necessary translate this to any business any company translate this to any group when you have clarity the obvious are obvious the problems are not as daunting and you have the ability you have the dexterity to be able to maneuver pressures from the outside is something that leaders need to have the ability to isolate. Okay. I've always told the players, quiet the noise. If you have the ability to quiet the noise, not listen to the outside pressures, in this particular case, don't pick up the papers, <laughs> don't read the articles, good, bad, or ugly. Just focus on the process of keeping yourself ready. I have heard so many people say, Colin, something happens. Don't look on the social media. Don't read the paper. 
don't listen to stories because you get one comment and it fixes in your brain and you can't get rid of it no matter what you do. As soon as it takes hold, it's now a fight for you to, it's taken up headspace. So it's now a fight for you to try to get it out of that headspace. Absolutely. And, and because we are, some, most leaders, I can say with some, uh, some confidence, most leaders are trying to do what's right for the whole. It's not a selfish endeavor for most is what is right for the whole. If I pick up the paper and someone say that we need to blitz more, we need to throw the ball more, I may know that we do not have that personnel to be able to do that. We don't have that ability to do that. But I think that that's what the masses want. So you try to give the masses that. No, that's not effective smart leadership. Smart leadership is understanding your environment, understanding your resources, understanding your abilities, and being able to navigate it the way that you, with all the information, knows how to do it. The outside pressures are just that. They're outside. By shared definition, they don't have all the information to be able to effectively pass judgment. So not that I expect you to have all the answers here on this one, but like, how do you how do you get out of that funk? Because once you're, you know, once you're sucked in, it's hard to, like, it's hard to be pulled out of that. Like, I, what does a person need, or what have you seen effective either from your own experience or from someone else's experience when they kind of got caught up in that? Because we've all experienced it. Yeah, it's go to what your vision is for your organization. Stick to the vision and the mission. Stick to what you and your leadership uh, group and all the stakeholders of that particular organization have decided is the vision for your organization. Go back to that. Go back to the root of why you exist. And when you focus on that, be more concerned with your character than your reputation because your character is who you really are why your reputation is merely what people think of you when you focus it and narrow it down that what is important is important and what's not is not it's really as simple as that regardless of what you do as a leader people are going to scrutinize it so we have to have that ability to really build walls to protect what the vision and missions are. Now, I'm just going to jump around for a second here because I, 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 if I can go back to something that you, kind of where you started with this, in that, you know, you described a problem, but I don't know if anyone even watching this or if we fully understand how significant a problem this could be for a person. Like, a, because when you're in leadership roles, you tend to be alone a lot of times you know it's it you know talk about being very very lonely places um particularly if you're at kind of the the the, the top rung of leadership in, a, in an organization because hey you don't have peers you don't really have peers in the in, you know in the same organization where you can kind of go to a co-worker and kind of you know spill your guts out there 
you you feel an obligation to carry the load for everybody else. And a lot of times when it comes to your own load, you kind of suffer in silence. And, you know, I think, I think we need to spend a couple minutes just at least acknowledging how painful that this can be. Yes. And the damage is not just physical and mental. It can damage relationship irreparably. Because we, people say work-life balance. There's no such thing as work-life balance. <laughs> Something's going to get more than the other. Uh, let's face it, work is going to get more attention than leisure and all that stuff. That's the way we have designed our society. That's the, the evolution of our society. We are not going to have a 50-50, 12-hour at work, 12 hours at home balance kind of a thing. No, that ledger is always going to tilt to one side. But to me, Colin, you have the dire effect of not being able to go home and build a relationship with your family and friends because you're taking work home, you're taking the pressures, the stresses there. When you're tired and fatigued, that irritability factor, that you don't understand me, that isolation of trying to retreat into our caves and figure it out when what we're doing is just making the problem uh, greater. When you talk about being at the top and it gets more lonely at the top, leaders need mentors. Leader need pe- leaders need people outside the organization that they can talk to, that they can express themselves and not talk in trade secrets, but how are you feeling? Just someone that you can decompress with, someone who can help take care of your mental and emotional health so that you are able to energize your organization. So uh, the isolation, the self-isolation is self-inflicted. Being aware of our health, physically, emotionally, mentally, is critically important to be an effective uh, um, leader. We're so quick to forget the options available to us when we do get into that space. I mean, there, while it's only at the top, you're not the only one who's, who's in that spot. And, you know, I, I 100% agree. There's, there's networks called, let me say, colleagues from outside of the organization that, hey, you're right. We don't have to trade trade secrets, but we understand when, when the pressure gets hot, when you're, when you're really getting tired, when you just need to have uh, an opportunity to kind of just share how you're feeling with somebody else. And whether that be a formal network or, or, or an informal mentor or, you know, relationship with, with somebody who's in a similar role in a different organization, and then you become a support for each other. We're even having conversations like you and I'm having. Um, I mean, this is, these conversations are really my cathartic moments <laughs> to go back and then say, hey, listen, let's, let, after this, I'm reflecting on this conversation and I'm feeling, okay, hey, listen, um, Colin, you've got some work you need to do in order to keep yourself healthy, keep yourself mentally fit. Uh, to, to recognize the signs of being fatigued and then taking steps to do something about it because everybody's depending on you. You feel it, you feel it at home. You feel it, you definitely feel it in the workplace when people are looking to you to make a decision that's critical to their, their livelihood and, uh, and, and feeling the weight of it, but you need to be ready. You got to condition yourself to be ready. So, um, this, this issue of kind of suffering in silence. We have to, particularly as leaders, kind of take the bull by the horns and do something about it. 
and uh, it, there's there's lots of resources. Maybe I'll even plop a few in the uh, uh, in the description of this podcast. So, so who, anyone who's listening to this or or, or watching this on on, uh, on stream uh, can go and maybe do some uh, do some research themselves because there's some great resources. But uh, you know, certainly to make this work, you have to be willing to be a little bit vulnerable and share what's going on to really benefit from this and not try to position yourself or assume that uh, assume that you can't do that or that you shouldn't be doing that. That That's just uh, not a realistic expectation of, of leaders. No. The loneliness that you feel at the top is because you want to be lonely. It doesn't have to be that way. And, again, we try to make those things be badges of honor because we want to distinguish ourselves as leader. But what it tends to do is tends to push us more into an isolation-type situation that exacerbates a problem or invites a problem. One is too small a number to be great. I've always believed that. And when we tend to surround ourselves with people, Again, not necessarily those in our organizations, but outside our organizations that can have the empathy and also the wisdom to be able to guide and direct us. And we not be so prideful to think because I'm the $5 million CEO, I can't have vulnerabilities. I have to be Superman, and my only kryptonite can be death itself. <laughs> and so we have, to, we have to stop thinking that strength is what it's not. Strength is being able to understand our weaknesses and vulnerabilities and being able to address them in a proper manner so that we can present ourselves fit to be leaders. And one resource I think people often neglect because of pride or professional uh, pride, so to speak, is your predecessors are sometimes the greatest resources that you can have. They've walked in those shoes before you. And situations and circumstances can dictate the relationship between someone who was in a position and someone that replaces that person. We all know the firing of a coach and the next person coming in tends to have that your replacement kind of thing. But it doesn't have to be that way. It, it, it doesn't. If I'm able to download to you information that I've learned, it can help make your life and your leadership a little bit easier. And if you feel comfortable calling me and asking me a few questions about some challenges that you may be having, it can help you be more effective. Uh, I, again, we have to stop making excuses for being lonely and start finding ways of having people around us that can provide us with strength and energy. You know, you've, a couple of things that you just talked on. Uh, I'm just going to read a piece from an article here. We'll also post it in the, uh, in the chat, but um, it, it talks entirely about, about executive burnout. Um, and it's called uh, exec, Executive Exhaustion uh, Alert, Rethinking Ways to Salvage Top End Talent. And th- this is... This is exactly, I'm just going to read a direct quote from it. We'll also put this in the, into uh, a link here for folks. But the second area to talk about is far more challenging. It's because it calls upon dropping of the Dukes in exchange for a buddy system. 
peer support in place of a careerist combat as a method of, to restore productivity and well-being. And in many instances, this requires a change in the ultra-competitive, zero-sum gamesmanship of workplace politics. And I'm just re reading a direct quote from uh, Business Vancouver. Uh, this is just an article that just came out a little more than a month ago, uh, just talking about this very thing. And so uh, I thought it was interesting that the very things that you're talking about, Kavis, is exactly what they wrote about. And, uh, you know, so I, I think you're, you're spot on in exactly what, uh, what we need to do. Yeah, and, and again, uh, Colin, it's all about effectiveness and understanding that we are fiduciary responsible for the well-being of those people in our leadership uh, uh, circle and those people in, in our leadership care. And when we look at it from everyone else's health and viability, we have to be fit mentally, emotionally, and physically. And we have to take off all those stereotypical, uh, sometimes things of bravado that will limit us from being able to be recharged, be fresh, and be creative, and have the ability to be flexible. That's critically important. Is sometimes that lonely is the the lot of a leader. I think that is far yeah. I, I really do think um, it is. You know, we're we're almost running out of time here for for this uh, for this episode. But if I can tell you, you know, one more thing that anyone listening or, or following this is that if you are a in a position where you have leaders reporting to, I you know, Gavis, you're on a number of board of directors of, of some some very uh, significant organizations. Um, I found something that was uh, really meaningful for me with my own board of directors telling me, uh, Colin, uh, and, and this, this was a very particular point in time, I can recall the conversations, but they were so concerned uh, about my own health. They said, Colin, like, you need to look after yourself. And it's more than just words. We need to give, we need to give you the permission to do it. And so uh, you know, something was really difficult for me to grapple with because I thought maybe this was a sign of failure. And they were saying, no, like we want you to be healthy because when you're healthy, you are on. When, when you are arrested, you, you are on. And so I had a hard time taking this essentially as a compliment that they wanted me to maintain that high level. And so therefore I needed the time and the permission to mentally rest, to let go, to spend some time with family to do the things that allow me to recharge and have some fun with this. So, uh, you know, that's the very reason why we start off with a, with a dumb story about something that happened in life. Cause you got to laugh about something to just set the tone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if you're not able to laugh and create those endorphins and create all those biochemical things that recharge us and energize us, you're not living and, and to me you're not leading and I, I i fully believe colin that we need to start to over time reshape leadership qualities and money does not mean i have to justify it through exhaustive hours on end in the office at home 
in the restaurant while I'm having dinner with my family on vacation when I'm with my wife and kids. It does not mean that. We have come to believe in Western society that the bigger our paycheck, the more justification we have to give for it. And that means going to exhaustion because they're going to say he is not getting the job done, but darn it, he's working hard. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that oxymoronic? Man, you you know what? You know what we got to do? Uh, You know, we've had had, uh, Dave Smith on the show before. And we got to bring him back. Uh, he shared with me an article that the next time we chat on this, I, I want I want to talk about because it's a, to that very point, and uh, you know it's, it's about very much of how we define success. What's a successful life? And that we've missed a definition so badly that we're chasing these things or just burning ourselves out. Anyways, uh, Adrian Huffington uh, was a great article about her, and, and it's a great quote that that David shared with me. Um, we'll talk about that on our next uh, our next uh, cast, and hopefully we get Dave onto the show. Maybe he could talk in a little more depth because he works with executives all the time. So really enjoyed having him. Uh, you talked about uh, you, you mentioned a book, and uh, I want to make sure people know that we'll we'll try to get the name of that book into the into the cast here as well. Um, you know, fantastic thing. Do less, achieve more. And uh, anyways, had some fun here, man. <laughs> had a lot of fun and if you're listening in Regina please go by Collins now being renovated home stop Feel by free. your porta potty and contribute to I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to set a little thing that you can put the tap on there just you know get your book tap it I mean I got to pay for these things somehow man. <laughs> Colin, you're you're one of the most intelligent individuals I know. You're a fantastic <laughs> leader, but I'm going to say you're a horrible negotiator in this regard. I would go to my neighbor who's giving away the free book or books, have the book stand moved closer to your porta potty. <laughs> yeah, well, we can make a whole business out of it. We'll just split the difference, man. I'll split this with you. <laughs> hey, free book for ten dollars for the porta potty. <laughs> I'll give you twenty percent off the top. It'll be. <laughs> it's been wonderful. Awesome. <laughs> Stay bald, man. All right. Thanks, Gary. <laughs>